This is Exploring the Seasons of Life, podcast episode 40. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and today's guest is Tracy Ann Greenhow. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, join Cindy McMillan as she interviews coaches, spiritual explorers, and celebrants from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Tracy Ann is a fully qualified life coach trained in NLP and has been coaching people to manifest the life of their dreams for over 15 years. Having thought she would always be the single one and become a cat lady, and she doesn't even like cats, she wanted to change her destiny. Using her now five-step formula, she managed to manifest her now husband, Daniel, in just eight weeks. She now has a husband, Daniel, two sons, and multiple successful businesses. She has now made it her life purpose to teach others how they can totally transform their own lives. Some have even beat her eight-week record. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy Ann. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for such a wonderful introduction, and thanks for having me. It is honestly a real joy to be here with you today. So I have to say, you and I set up a Zoom call to chat and get to know each other in early December, and I honestly felt like I had known you forever. So I am so happy to have you. Yeah, likewise. And, you know, I think women, we we have that sometimes with people, don't we, where we're like, oh, wow, yes, I have known you forever. You're, it's, I just find it's spirit people. It's people that are on the same plane as, as we are, the people that will be listening to your show, basically. Absolutely. So the podcast starts off with my favorite question, and that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? I, For me, where I'm at in my season of my life, I think actually it's, um, I've, so I've got a, a little boy who's 18 months and another little boy who's five. It's for me, it's very much about fitting my business around my family. So the personal and the business, they kind of like, it feels all very smushed together. But I'm at a season in my life now where I've kind of, I'm coming out of the having children, the, the, the gestation of having children and giving birth and all of that that's done for me. And, and now I feel like I am moving into a phase that is about my identity as Tracy Ann, not just Oscar and Toby's mum or Dan's wife. It's, it's, about, it's about me. Hence why we're having this conversation because I'm at that season. If this was this time last year, I wouldn't be able to do it. So what does it mean to me? Well, it, in a nutshell, for me, I think the seasons of, of life are about following your intuition and more importantly, going with the flow of things. Oh, I love that. You know, because we're in when we're in that flow, time, especially when it's, we're doing those things that we enjoy, just seems to disappear. Yeah. I, I love that. So thank you. And, you know, when you and I were talking, we were talking about your program called Five Steps to Manifest Love in as little as eight weeks. Yep. What are the steps to manifesting a partner? So you can, you can manifest things however you like. 
there aren't really any rules. I have just created a set of rules out of my experience. And I use these five steps even today. So I will begin with clearing out all the negative things because I think a, a lot of people, they they jump very quickly to what they do and what they don't want, but they haven't really figured out the things that are blocking them. So I, I take my clients through that process and it is beautiful. It's kind of like getting out in the garden and, and getting out all the weeds and pruning the bushes and, and just tidying things up again. So you get the picture. It kind of needs to be done regularly. It's not something that you just do once. Then uh, I take people into step two, which is how do you want it to be, which speaks for itself. You need to know what you're working towards with a goal. Number three is believe and visualize. So you need to be able to believe that what you're going for, you can have, but you also be, need to be able to see it and feel it in your future. Because if you can't see it and feel it, the universe starts getting mixed messages. So that that sort of believe and visual, and I've done it in a very linear sort of fashion, I like, you know, to follow the steps in order. Then step four is take action. And I take my clients through kind of a very specific way of taking action because when it comes to manifesting true love, a lot of people will, especially in this day and age, especially as we, you know, we've the world has been in, in the midst of a pandemic, what's happening is I think everybody is very quick to go to the online world of dating. And it's a fabulous sort. Uh, tool source of of meeting people a way to meet people but I it's not the be all and end all and actually I kind of developed find that match because I hated online dating it made me feel sick it made me feel anxious it a lot of issues around rejection came up and so how to take action and, and what you do is is a very big component. And then finally, step five is become an attraction magnet. So it's all about the ways that you can become aligned by following all those other four steps that I've taught. You become aligned with the journey and that I give sort of tips and tricks and other ways that you can sort of really get into alignment with the universe and your own self-love. So yeah, that in a nutshell is the, the five steps. And I love those steps. And one of the things when you said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, we have to believe that we're worthy. Yeah. That just really resonated with me because it doesn't matter whether we're manifesting love or a business, whatever it is, we have to believe we're worthy. Yes, absolutely. If you what will happen? I see this with clients all the time. They've been with losers, let's say. It's not a nice term to use, but for them, they were the other person was a bit of a loser. And it's it's more about understanding that they might be, but for somebody else, they could be just perfect. And so feeling worthy to have the thing that you want, because I see this mainly with women, you'll get a lovely group of friends that want nothing but the best for their friend. And then they'll say to them, you're too picky. You need to, you're, you, you want too much in a person. And whilst that will need to be addressed on some level, because there's, you know, in a relationship, it's complicated. There's always another person that's going to do things. You will always have bickers and, and friction in any relationship. The trick is to not have it be something that consumes and overrides that relationship. But 
sometimes people do need to get to the point where they are so clear on their goal, they can see it, they can feel it, they can taste it. Actually, it doesn't matter whether they truly, really believe that they're worthy of it or not. If, they, if they've done all that work, they'll get there. Because there were times when I was doing this manifesting process, I actually have always really quite liked myself. I'm very lucky. I come from a nice, stable mum and dad background. It was a lovely upbringing. It's not without its kinks, but, you know, I I love that because it wasn't a damaging environment. So I, I came out of it fairly unscathed. But I... There were times when I just genuinely thought I was going to be a cat lady. And I know you you mentioned that in the introduction. And, and it was a funny little thing. But genuinely, it was like, I'm just going to live at home and I'll have to get a cat because that'll be the only source of love. Like, And this comes from someone who has had love. So if I can do it when I've had love, all the people that haven't had love, they're going to be thinking, well, I haven't been loved. I haven't got a stable upbringing. It's all right for you. But my clients have, well, is proof that actually following this kind of formula actually just wipes the slate clean for everybody a little bit. And, you know, it, it just speeds up the whole process. So speaking of the formula, can we talk about maybe the first two steps? And I know your first step is clear the negatives. Can yeah. you just go into that deeper? Oh, yeah. And do you know what? It's the perfect time because it's January. We're in a new year. So clear the negatives. A great place that people can just start right now is go through your clothes, go through your clutter in your house. You're already packing away Christmas decorations or, or you know, you've just done that. So you you will have noticed around the house all of those things that you're like, I must sort that cupboard. I must get to that drawer. Now is a really good time to do it. And you don't need, I have a bit of a tendency to go a bit gung-ho with things, which is a, a positive and a negative. Um, but you don't need to go absolutely nuts. You could just start with a drawer or a cupboard. You don't need to, Daniel just looks at me in despair sometimes because he's like, how long is the house going to be this upside down for? And I'm like, it'll be worth it. Because as we clear out that energy, my I have a, um, a money mentor called D- uh, Denise Stuffle Thomas, and I'm in her money boot camp. And, you know, she will say, if you want more abundance in your life, you want more money to come in, you want to manifest a partner, just you can do something as simple as shave your legs, um, which I just think is a beautiful, simple thing. So yeah, don't buy a lottery ticket, shave your legs is what I say. <laughs> well, you know, right before, well, about an hour before we got on um, this interview, I cleaned off my desk, I dusted it, I was putting all my books away, because, you know, when you're researching and, and reading, and you can just become a mess. And I thought, no, I'm going to have this clean for my interview with Tracy Ann. I love that. I love it. And it do- it just puts you in a much nicer frame of mind. Not just that, when it comes to your whole house in general, you'll notice all of a sudden that when so where's that? Oh, it's there. I know exactly where it is. Because that thing of where is it is, uh, is you've already sorted it, you've already allocated it. We have a, a current issue going on, which is for some reason, both of both that da- we've got m- a few bank accounts, and a couple of joint and the one of the joint, which is the one that we do all our, our food spending and our fuel spending from both of us have lost the cards. Now I don't, both of us are not people that do this. We do not lose cards, but with an 18 month old, we're pretty sure that um, he's grabbed our wallets and, and just lo and behold, it's the same card. So we both have to cancel those cards 
and get new ones. But my point of that is when things like that are happening for people, when you are, and let's let's just relay this to relationships as well, or even business, when you're getting the wrong clients, when you're getting the the wrong love interests, it's time to declutter some things and reorganize. So that means your mind as well, the, the things that you're thinking about, the impact that the people around you have. And I, I think I started the decluttering process with um, reading The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. So that's kind of the physical stuff, but the mental stuff as well is, is um, you know, getting really clear on what you don't want to be working towards. Because so many times I say to my clients, what do you want? And they'll go, well, I don't want this and I don't want that. And I don't want someone who cheats and I don't want someone who lies. And I'm like, ha yeah, that's great. And it's all really good information, but in their mind, it's in the wrong column. It's in the, what they're looking for column. And so it's the, it's that analogy of d- don't think about a pink elephant right now. And of course, that's the thing you're thinking of. And so you send mixed messages to the universe and you want to be really clear on what it is that you're going for, the feeling that you want to have. And so when we do the, the clear the negative section, it really is about getting all those mental blocks out of the way. And I've got some really good tools and tricks that help people do that on a much deeper, transformative kind of level. So Tracy, and let me just make sure that I'm understanding because a lot of people do exactly what you were just describing, talking about what they don't want. So you're saying when we think about what we don't want, that's actually the energy that we're bringing in. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want someone who cheats on me. Well, what do you want? Well, I don't want someone who cheats on me. Okay. So let's put that in the, the clear the negatives section because you don't want somebody who cheats on you. Nobody does. Nobody wants to be with somebody who is going to betray their trust or can't uh, have a conversation or, you know, there'll be there'll be lots of different things for different people. But it's kind of like d- just, yeah, breaking it down so that you can leave that and then go, okay, so whenever I'm, because it will come up, it will come up. I had this same thing. I don't want to be a cat lady. I don't want to be on my own forever. All my friends are getting married and having babies and getting into relationships and I'm going to be left on the shelf. And so it's, it's about when you have these tools, it's fabulous because you hear it. It's like being in your own auditorium. You're like, wow, I can hear what I'm saying to myself. And then you catch it and you go, oh yeah, We've already worked on that. I remember the feeling. We've, we've put that down. And so then you're able to move on. And that's why we do the how do you want it to be section so that you, you've you got an immediate like, oh, I'm noticing I'm doing that story again. So where should I be focusing? And it is a flip-flop. It's not about ever denying feelings, ever. You should never deny your feelings. Whatever comes up is valid. How you deal with it and how long you dwell on it and which place you put it in in your mind that's that's the important bit and that's the bit where I think people need need a coach to help them through that so could you give us maybe three or four ways to start that process and I know you just went through several different um, ways of clearing the negative but is there in your program or in your life is there like one or two maybe three ways that are like the first steps in that clear the negative. Yeah. So the 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 first thing that I do, and it isn't something that I get all my clients to do because everybody's different. 
everyone is, you know, we all have our own way of working and you have to go with what lights you up. But for me, it's to sit in stillness and meditation and allow all those things to come up that are negative. Like, okay, what am I telling myself? And throughout my program, the the it's it's the questions that you ask yourself is this is coaching in general this is what coaching is it is it's questions and being really clear on on what question you're asking yourself but then also learning how to answer it so i've i've got in my program sort of over a hundred different questions and phrased differently that you can go through to start really becoming unstuck and honestly we overcomplicate things. We think it needs to be this this like sort of long, drawn out years of therapy thing. It doesn't have to be. Your long, drawn out years of therapy is fabulous. It has its place. Absolutely keep doing that if, it, if it's working for you. But just sometimes when you want to manifest something like true love or a new job or whatever it might be that, you know, your, whatever goal you're working on, you, you want to be really clear on the question that you're asking yourself. So what is it you're saying? Are you saying, well, I'm too fat and ugly? So if I'm saying I'm too fat and ugly, then what's the universe thinking of me? Actually, what is going to come my way? So getting really in touch with your language is a great thing to do. So the mind stuff, journaling is a fabulous thing. So when these thoughts come up, write them down because, and I don't, if you can, don't type them on a keyboard. There's something about the pen and the paper connection I'm a big believer in that it gives you the time it goes with your breath it really connects your mind and body together as one and then get really physical and that's where the you know organizing the kitchen cupboards and changing your the layout of rooms if you want to or you know changing your wardrobe or just tidying up how you organize yourself and you know you don't need to let it take over your life it doesn't you can do it in little increments but alternatively if you really want to go for it then do it you know it can be really energetic it will give you such a boost I um I have a well actually I have two closets that I want to clean and get ready I'm going to say for the new year and I'm calling Monday the new year (laughs) so I So I so I have a you know a couple of days to get that done, but that is definitely on my list because I feel those two closets they have clothes that haven't been worn in years, yep. and I'm like, why are they taking up space in my closet? I would rather donate them and have somebody wear them. Exactly, and you know, if you were in a position where you were trying to manifest true love or let's say, let's take it away from true love. I'm going to go a bit rogue here. And let's say you wanted a new house, right? When you, let's say you were selling where you're, where you're currently living and you want to move to a new house. If you don't do the decluttering process, psychologically, you're carrying the whole weight of every item in your house. So the lighter it is, the lighter it looks, the more attractive it is, the quicker it sells, the easier it is to move. You see, so it's it's very practical. It's very, you know, I think a lot of people think we're saying align with the universe and sit and say, I, I, I have a million pounds and, you know, things fly at them. That has happened. I have seen it happen and I'm not poo-pooing it. But what I'm saying is if you're slightly skeptical when you hear the words manifesting or law of attraction, you need to get down and dirty in the actual physical stuff because you'll just see everything will just begin to change and light up. And yeah, it's quite exciting. 
So can you tell us the story of how your program or your steps and the way you do these actually manifested your husband, Daniel? Yeah, it's, um, it is such a great, it's a great story. So I live in the southwest of England in a town called Plymouth or city actually called Plymouth or I did. And I went to university in Bournemouth, which is on the south coast, right in the middle of, of England. And then my best friend from Plymouth went to a university in the north of England to study dance. And I would go and visit him quite often. And in Bournemouth, I have I still she's still my best friend. Um, my best friend, Amy, she had kind of family member, their, their mom and dad are best friends, who also went to the same university in Liverpool, where I used to go and visit. So I got friendly with this, this friend, Beth, and she worked in technical theatre. And I would go and watch Adam in his shows, in his dance shows, and go out afterwards. And I'd see Beth, and there she'd be, and great carrying on with life then one year about about three or about three years after we left uni I think I moved in with Beth went to her birthday party in the October Daniel was there and I thought it was the first time I'd ever met him it was properly so I met him didn't think anything of it everything was going wrong in London for me at that point and I was just kind of like I need to go back and recoup so I can launch myself again it was it was a really scary, exciting time, but it was a, it was a beautiful time to go through that, you know. So there he was, and off I went to Plymouth for nine months, and never thought about him or or anything because he just was not on my hemisphere. Went back to Plymouth for nine months and sort of decided when I moved back to London, I am going to manifest true love into my life. I am so ready. I am done with being the single one. That is it. So I literally, this was like morning, noon and night, the thing that I was doing. So I'd go on dates with myself to the cinema. I would coffee mornings on a Saturday. I'd get up early and be like, universe, I'm making time and space for this man that is coming into my life. I had it written on a piece of paper because you have to know how you want it to be. Had it all written on a piece of paper, exactly how I wanted to feel. And I put it in my bra. Every time I got that feeling of, I'm going to be a cat lady, I'm going to be left on the shelf, I would touch my bra and go, he's on his way, he's on his way, he is on his way. And I would just, you know, sort of not really believing it, but absolutely like, this is happening. I I do not care. This is happening. And within this process, actually, my best friend sent me a wedding invitation to her wedding the following September. So this was the August, not the September coming, the one after she sent me a wedding invite and I, uh, I called her up and said, you haven't included my boyfriend. She said, well, you don't have one. And I said, but I will like she, and she laughed cause she knows what I'm like. And I was like, okay, carried on just, you know, going through my life, went to the same friend's birthday exactly a year later was on the dance floor. And this weird, creepy guy came up to me and I was like, oh my God, no, I just turned around like, Ugh, go away. Turned around and like a little vision on the dance floor was Daniel smiling. I can still remember the look in his face. And I went, I know you. And he was like, yeah, I'm Dan. I was like, Dan. Yeah, we met last year, didn't we? Yeah. So look, we got talking. He said he could do the worm. You know that disco worm that people do across the dance floor. So I went, well, go on then, show me. 
So he did. So I was like, well, at least he does. He can do what he says he can do, which, you know. And I was like, oh. I was like, do you want to get a drink? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he insisted that he bought it. And we had a little bicker over that. And then we were sat talking. I don't know how long this talking went on. But he told me that he worked in events. And he told me that he that he taught sailing to little children in North London. And it was at that moment, I remember thinking in the back of my head, like there was this alter ego going, this is him. This is the, this, you're going to marry this guy. This is the guy you will marry. And of course I was like, not going to say anything about that. And the, the great thing from that moment, we've not stopped talking and we're 10 years down the road. And it just so happens that one of the shows that I went to see on my 21st birthday for my, that my friend Adam was in, Daniel was actually the production manager for. I didn't know. He was there. He was there all along. It was mad. So, yeah. So that's a, that's a perfect example of, of talking about manifesting and being ready. Yeah. When you first met him, you weren't ready. And then there he was on the dance floor a few years later and you were ready. Exactly. And actually, my friend Adam, the, the guy who I used to go to visit in Liverpool, he said to me, even actually, it was even just last year, he was like, yeah, but you, how can you believe in love at first sight? You met Daniel and you never fell in love. And I said, I don't dis- believe or disbelieve in love at first sight necessarily. It's, it's a, everybody has a different experience. I said, but the, the thing is, Daniel was consistently the same person, really. He didn't do any work on himself because I've asked him since um you know he was growing his career and doing the things that you do I worked fundamentally on myself and I was a much better version of me and I was very clear on what I wanted so I recognized him when he showed when he showed up on that night I was suddenly able to recognize him because I'd done the work whereas I think the year before I hadn't put any of the legwork in at all like I was just you know meeting up with guys and had lots of friends and you know just kind of going from thing to thing very much all over the place emotionally spiritually and then it's this and I didn't know that it was the five steps until until I put together find that match and I now have the five steps sort of broken down because I was like well what is it that I actually did and I was like well I read that book and well what was the process in that book okay well it was the first thing we did was focus on all the negative stuff. I was like, yes, that's it. Because I think we've gone through a bit of an era where all we've done is be positive, focus on the positive, and don't think about anything negative. And what happens is it just bites us at some point when we're least expecting it because you need to talk about the things that bother you and give space for everything. Otherwise, it just keeps popping up, rearing its ugly head, you know, and it becomes this this sort of it becomes your foundation of turbulence. That's my belief. You have kind of this disgruntled foundation. Whereas if you're able to sort of talk about your feelings and you have that outlet, you get this very grounded sort of feeling. You can be single and be happy, but my friends will tell you that me being with Daniel brought something out in me and gave me an opportunity to express something beautiful in me that I couldn't have expressed with anybody else because you have your parents and you have your friends and you have your siblings and cousins. You don't love them in the same way that you love a partner. So it's very different. And so whilst you do need to love yourself first, absolutely, you also need to know 
specifically what it what you're going after and what it feels like so you need to know how you want it to be it's it's kind of simple really when you're going through that and you're feeling it's got to be that feeling that makes you feel alive and you know your body's got a little bit of electricity going through it I'm not necessarily talking about you know a true love right this second but I can feel it through throughout my body yeah, it, I love using houses as an analogy because most people have been and viewed somewhere to live. We'll all know that feeling of going into somewhere and the buzz of, ooh, or the feeling of, ugh. Quite often, it, it's tricky. It's trickier in relationships. This is why I use houses as an example because it's simple. But in relationships, sometimes we're attracted to the things that are not good for us based on our upbringing. And so it's really, really important to even if you don't feel comfortable, or you don't feel like you deserve something, because it's never been part of your reality to feel stable, secure, settled, whatever the things are that you might be going after. It's really important to do this work. Because if you don't, old habits, stories, patterns, the imprinting stage of your years of growing up, they will affect you forever. But it's about not about shutting those out. It's about understanding what those are. So who are you as a person and how can you actually get what you truly need and truly want? Love it. Absolutely love it. When is your program? Do you, are you having a launch date or is this an ongoing? Um... This one is live at the moment. I'm currently, um, I'm currently doing an offer where you can get free coaching with me if you buy my program so you get a month of free coaching and um, people people can find me I've got a, a page set up where you can just um, connect with me it's uh, connect.findthatmatch.com and on there there's a free masterclass that people can go and watch which will explain the five steps and how you can work with me um, and then there's my Facebook page and you can join the, the community that I run. Yeah, I was I'm, was going to ask you about that a little bit later, but I was just getting so excited about your program. <laughs> can we can, can we talk a little bit about the second step? So this is the point with most clients. So this is why I put clear the negatives at the beginning, because this then is where you can check in and figure out: Am I saying all the things I don't want when it comes to what I do want? Now, for me, I sat and just wrote down a very short paragraph on a piece of paper, folded it up, stuck it in my bra, and then sat on the edge of my bed, meditated with the feeling, felt the feeling of what it would be like to meet this man, how my mum and dad would react to him, what my friends thought and felt about him, the things that his friends would say about me and my friends would say about him. It it was just this beautiful, it was a beautiful human that I was conjuring. Don't get me wrong, he's flawed. He leaves his underpants on the floor sometimes. Sometimes I he'll take his trousers off with the belt in and I step on the belt. Sometimes he's just outright annoying and so am I. And that's also the beauty of it. So, you know, you've got to allow for flaws to come in, I think, because we're all perfect and flawed in equal measure. It's the same thing, I think. So if you don't know what it is that you're actually looking for, what you're feeling for, what you're going for, 
when it shows up, you won't recognize that it's come. And, and, the, and my story is a perfect example of meeting Daniel. It's beautiful that it was the same friend's birthday party that we met one year. And then the following year we, we meet. And that's the year that it absolutely takes off. There's an element of, you know, he also had to be ready. He might not have been ready then. If he was, maybe he would have pursued me a bit more and it might still have worked out. But he said to me, I said, so what did you do then to meet me? I said, what were the things, like, how did you get ready? And he went, well, I don't know what you mean, because this is, you know, he's just Daniel. He's, you know, he helps people build their businesses and does marketing. He does not, you know, he doesn't um, understand manifesting per se. So I said, well, what did you do? You must have done something. He said, well, actually, now you mention it, we did go to a fish and chip shop. Do you know what a fish and chip shop is? Because we're in different countries. This is a very big yes. thing. Right. Um, and um, they quite often do jars of pickled onions. And his friend said to him, do you want a pickled onion, Dan? And he went, nah, you never know. I might get lucky. <laughs> and I was like, well, blow me down. Isn't that just a fact of life? Here I am taking eight weeks to think, think about all the things that are getting in the way and writing it down. And there he just goes, nah, I just won't have a pickled onion. Typical. <laughs> but it's so much easier, don't they? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I know. So, yeah, so you do, you need to have that, you need to have that, the clarity of what you're going for doesn't matter if you believe it it's all about dreaming it's all about um playing it out in your head and sometimes I would uh pretend to have conversations on the phone in my head when I was walking from the tube station to my house and it sounds crazy but it's not because it's me saying to the universe right this is where I speak to him this is where I've met, I make space. This is where I speak to him. Or I would go to the cinema after work on my own, or I'd go out for a meal on my own. There are so many women that are afraid to do this, by the way. It's silly. You should do it. It's beautiful. Um, I still do it now sometimes to just go and be by yourself and really love you. No one is looking at you going, they're on their own, that poor person. Actually, most people are going, oh, I wish I could be on my own. <laughs> So Tracy, and do you have a favorite manifesting technique that you use with your clients? Well, obviously I'm going to say my five-step process. That's a, that in itself is a whole is a whole technique. Um okay. one of my favorite techniques for other than meditation, because I think we need this stillness, meditation doesn't actually agree with absolutely everybody all the time. Sometimes I We'll have a practice where I do it every day for a year and then I'll have like three months off. So again, it is really down to the individual person and what works for you with where you're at. But writing things down is a really great thing because you then you can put it in a drawer and then come back to it. If you have it on paper and you address it every day, you'll speed up the process. It, it took me eight weeks and I was already saying to my friends, like when this dude shows up, I'm going to hit him. Obviously, I'd never condone hitting anyone ever, but I was like, I'm just going to be so mad because like, where has he been? And it was eight weeks. I mean, he was there the whole time. He was there for years and I didn't even know. So yeah, I think writing it down after meditation, absolutely writing it down is probably my biggest go-to. So if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to write it down and you don't want to read books, I think you'll probably end up getting more of the same and it will take longer for change to happen. And that's why I think it's that important. It's, you know, no one wants to write it down because actually it reminds them of school and, you know, and they sort of buck against it. But do you know what? Part of self-love is taking yourself a pinch of seriousness, 
with a big wad of fun and joy and smishing them together and sometimes writing it down is actually about honoring yourself and your journey. And so, yeah, don't be afraid of pen and paper because when the muck comes up, you can deal with it. I don't journal every day. Well, let me let me rephrase that. I've gone through long periods of time where I will every day. And then, like you said, take I'll take some time off. But that I'm going back to that this year because I got so much out of it. And sometimes I would go back and read what I had written. Mm-hmm. And I'd be thinking, who is that person? Because yeah. I would feel I like I would have grown so much. That's it. You know, I was speaking to a, uh, a business friend the other day, actually. I read tarot in a very coaching style. It's, I've have multiple businesses, but tarot is one of the ones that I, I do. I, I love it because it reaches so many people who are on in very different places. I read it in a very kind of coachy style. I'm not psychic. I'm not a medium. Um, it's all about how the things you can do to move forward. And this this friend of mine, she was saying, you know, I've had readings all year, like loads and loads and loads. And I was like, this is not uncommon. Sometimes people will get loads of readings. They'll do loads of journaling, loads of meditating, and then they'll have this breakthrough. It's a bit like growing a baby. You go through the stages of, of growing this baby inside you, and then you push it out. And the the womb contracts back down, and your body then gives milk if you're, if you're fortunate enough. And all these other things happen but you don't constantly be pregnant. It's impossible. Even people that constantly are pregnant are not constantly pregnant. There has to be blisters in it. It has to be these pops where you sort of, you know, put it into practice. But then likewise, there are people that do yoga, exercise, all of those things as maintenance. We eat every day. We, we don't, re- well, some people do intermittent fasting and things like that, but there's there are some things in life that we tend not to take a break from, and that's okay. But I spent ages meditating, had a break for a while, and beat myself up about it because I'm not doing, I'm not, you know, going through that kind of, no wonder I'm not achieving things because I'm not doing all of this stuff. that. I, and I just went, I don't want to med- meditate. I don't want to meditate. I don't even want to write my goals down. But because I've done all this work previously, I'm, I'm able to do that now and still achieve some of the things. But it absolutely goes quicker, faster, better, and you get more specific results if you can use the steps. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So you are 35 years old. And if you could wave a magic wand and talk to your 50-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in now? I would say... All of the anxieties that you have, the generalized anxieties about you, the kids being well or getting sick. I think a lot of mothers have this and and a lot of mothers could relate, which is why I want to mention it because I think it's so important that we have so much negative thoughts, feelings, anxieties around something bad happening all the time. When we have kids, I've noticed it for me, it's got exponentially like, ah, I would say to her, just calm down. They've pretty much got themselves. I've created the the um, you know the solid foundation for them to grow from. I'm creating this beautiful environment. It isn't toxic. There'll be bits of toxic in any household. So don't feel bad if you think you're getting it wrong, and don't feel bad if you if you're shouting at your kids. But yeah, I would say just take it easy, woman. <laughs> You've got it. And I know that's so simplistic. And I know that people probably want like a bit more of a, 
oh an enlightening thing but when I think of myself as as a 50 year old I look back to right now it's only 15 years by the way that which it's weird 15 to be 50 it sounds so it really discombobulates my brain I'm like well 15 years is nothing yeah I would say it's uh well done you got yourself to a place that you never thought was possible so Tracy Ann, I love it. And when you and I were talking and I and I was mentioning that my normal question is what would you say to your 18-year-old self? I really loved it when you said, "Hey, can we just change that around a little bit?" I really loved that because where you are now looking back at 18 or where you are now and looking out at 50 and I remember you saying Wow, looking at 50 sounds so exciting. Yeah. And, and really that does. really, I loved that because I remember turning 50 and it was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, um, and also there's something about looking forward and going, I got to 50. It means nothing bad happened <laughs> as well. It's that anxiety in me. Because I think because Toby's 18 months old and it's still very dependent, there's just, there's something in me, and I see it in my friends as well, this anxiety about these little people that we bring in and we're so responsible. It's utterly terrifying, and there's something beautiful about that. It's supposed to be terrifying. But for me, the reason I wanted to change the question is because I am very much somebody, even as a little girl, I have always lived in my future Sometimes to my detriment, sometimes it's made me very sad because I'm not quite where I want to be. And what I have come to terms with, and which is why it was so important that we changed that question, is this feeling of chasing a rainbow is beautiful to me now, whereas before it felt like stretching. Now I feel like when I'm chasing that rainbow, the rainbow is already with me anyway. So it yeah, it just, and what it also does as well is it means that things from my past, I'm able to look at almost as separate of me, but still part of my life. And so they don't hound me. Now, very simplistically for me, I said before, I've had a very lovely upbringing. I did suffer quite badly with depression um, in my early 20s, and I was quite poorly with it, but I, I, you know, I was able to turn that around and, you know, I have my coping strategies there are some people out there that go through deep, deep trauma. And so I don't want to um, diminish or make that any less. If you have suffered deep trauma, please get the help and support that you need, because I don't think there's any trauma out there that you can't move forward from. Because if you look for somebody that's been in your situation, whether you've, you've ha suffered some kind of abuse, whether you've lost a child, whatever you've gone through, there'll be somebody who's been through something a bit similar that, that has been able to move forward from it. And so reach out and get the help you need. I always find that that's quite important just to make sure that nobody's going, oh, well, it's all right for you because you're, you know, and yeah, it is all right for me, but you can make it all right for you too if you've got the right support. Absolutely. Thank you. And can you just talk about your website and your social media and how people can find you? Yeah. So um, my lovely husband, who's a, a great technical person, has put together this lovely page. So it's really simple. Connect.findthatmatch.com. 
And on there is you can go, get to my website. You can get to there's a like I said there's a there's a free masterclass on there that people can go and watch and learn more about the five steps. And then you can also join my Facebook community where you can get love and relationship support. I want to tell you, I have loved this conversation. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I honestly, thank you. I have had an absolute scream. Thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, please let me know. You can share a screenshot of this episode on Instagram and tag me at cindy.macmillan and tell me what your biggest takeaway was. Until next time, live inspired.